if I sound like a bit of an asshole here? Vancouver? This place is crazy. I'm sorry if I sound like a bit of an asshole. This place is crazy. Okay, uh, still getting used to the sound effects. Um, here with my friend Rian Smith. Hello, hello. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good, man. Yeah. Are you Are you excited for the new setup? I'm very excited. I know you say there's no take twos, but this, I guess this is sort of a take two for us. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Should I not have? Uh, no, no, no. We up? recorded one before, yeah. uh, but it was in my <laughs> shitty old audio setup, and mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. got this not that soon after, but pretty soon after, and I decided let's restart it and get it in the best shape and the best quality possible. So here we are. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Um, you know bringing me back to, you know. Hell bring, yeah, dude. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, your voice sounds good. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, sweet, we can see each other's eyes. Yes, we can. I think last time I was sort of doing this thing where I was like kind of side-eyeing. Yeah. <laughs> the mic couldn't reach all the way over in front of my face, so. So how have you been? I've been good. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's been uh, yeah. Uh, some developments since, I mean, I we did kind of, go through a bit of a life recap the last time and then well that doesn't no. they don't know anything about it they so. don't so i guess i can go back, back to the to, beginning yeah um, i'll take us through it all let's do it yeah so um well i had surgery recently but before that i had yeah chemotherapy i had chemotherapy um, right this whole year has been weirdly like this kind of strange right off due to cancer um and it's kind of technically my third go around um, yeah with the whole deal um uh so yeah like back way back in like 2016 now which just feels forever ago yeah um, and it was, it was six years ago i know yeah and i think i saw like a meme recently that was like you know uh at, like the years uh 20 14 to 2018 we're all 2016 yeah. and uh and then before that it's nostalgia so yeah so yeah way back in 20 and then it's like covid years after that so it's like it was like 20 it was like nostalgia covid 2016 covid yeah and yeah that's like uh, time, time certainly doesn't feel i mean there's a lot of things that contribute to that right i mean mm -hmm. time feels like it gets faster as you get older anyway mm-hmm then everybody's collective perception of time got wonked by COVID. And then before yeah. that, yeah, so I don't even really uh, yeah. know how to conceptualize anything. But I know you had cancer under that. And then, like, yeah, you really, you really time. are just like, you, your time is not a flat circle. It is some weird inverted donut disc thing that just, you know, yeah, Ouroboros or whatever it is. Well, but, so when I mm -hmm. caught you the first time when we were doing the podcast, uh, you were in the middle of it, and now you are... I'm out. You, well, you're out of this... Yeah. yeah. Like, Let's uh, hope out. Knock on wood. No, I didn't mean <laughs> that way. I meant like yeah. The, the, yeah, the treatment mm -hmm. uh, has run its course, yeah. and you're starting... You you look great. You well, look thank like... You. I, I wasn't expecting you to make such a like physical recovery so quickly. I don't like just in terms of appearance and health. I don't know if I was either. Um, yeah. I mean, I still like nagging things, but you know, yeah. considering, I mean, I know I jump, I'm going to jump in all over the place. No, here, no, but like, I'm going to start with what's was most recently happened and then I'll, I'll sort of work my way yeah. backwards. Actually. I think maybe like rather than go chronological. Yeah. Perfect. Um, no, no, it's yeah. Whatever yeah. you feel. That's why it's podcast, not audiobook. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I, um, 
I, I actually almost died. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. like the, the, the sort of headline that I, I was sort of holding back till now is like, I had complications during surgery. This was at the beginning of August mm-hmm. and yeah, basically what they happened was supposed to be this like kind of routine, right. like lymph node, like tumor removal surgery. There was two masses they wanted to go into and went, while they were in there and I, like the thing is I didn't have all these details right away. Like it was quite a like disjointed and, and like kind of obtuse like communication process right. between my doctors to me. And it kind of went through my family a bit first, And then they told me kind of indirect, like the way your family told you. Yeah. This? Like, okay. the, like doctors were not really like, they were just very cagey about it while I was in the hospital and like post surgery. Um, which is very weird. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but yeah, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit more. I mean, I seem to have like this <sighs> fucking no. ordeal with these uh, cancer doctor surgeons in particular. I'm, I mean, I, I had some other surgeons that were lovely, but yeah, basically, I had two like sort of mapped uh, masses that they were going to go in and remove. But while they were in there, they sort of noticed on my aorta. They said this grain of rice size thing node is what they call it that was Mm -hmm. on on my aorta and they did a little scrapey scrapey on it sent a little sample away to the lab while they were working came back sort of towards the tail end and they're like yep that's cancer too and so the surgeon was like cool i'm gonna do my thing and and he starts cutting it away and you know i mean he okay so he told me much later like this was like almost three weeks out from surgery is when I finally had a, a, a conversation with the surgeon who almost killed me. <laughs> so he pierced your aorta? He pierced my aorta. I mean, the way he sort of said it, he's like, well, like aortas, they are, uh, you know, they are, you know, uh, what's it, what's the word? Um, arteries, like they're not veins. So they, uh, th- they can take some punishment. Like you're allowed to like scrape a layer of, you know, uh-huh. like <laughs> off of them before they, they re- really anything like you, but in a vein, you know, you, you touch it with something like Where, sharp and it what, opens up. What part of like, uh, or, or the aorta is pretty long. What part of it? It's below your heart. It's like the one that like no. branches off into yeah, yeah. like, your yeah, legs. yeah, yeah. Into the, uh, mm-hmm. the two, uh, yeah. The two femoral arteries, et cetera. So yeah, it's yeah. pretty, so I'm um, what section of the, was it in your abdomen? No, like, like, yeah, way down, like, abdominal pelvis, like, right, lower right. abdominal pelvis area. Um, oh, jeez. So, yeah, they, um, he, he was, like, you know, doing a little, like, scraping, and then he said, so, like, oh this, his, his words were that the thing just blew up. No, <laughs> fucking fuck. But, like, according to, like, my dad and the way he sort of, like, got it communicated to him is, like, like, when the vascular surgeons who had to, like, were basically, like, the 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 a team they had to like flat wing in to like kind of fix the mess um like apparently the thing was like cut in like three different places so it was like mangled uh, like they they but uh, yeah the thing opened up and i lost oh shit i yanked on a cable there um uh, it's okay i mean it's reading just fine you, okay. you can hear yourself right yes i can um, um oh my god dude i mean sidebar here for a second <laughs> too like because i like i had just met your dad the night before your surgery right yeah you were uh, uh yeah <laughs> and and i saw him see i'm just like 
processing his reaction to it in real time, like so soon after I'd seen him. Oh, yeah. No, it <laughs> that's was not good. horrible. Yeah. That's so, that's so, yeah, yeah. I, I was. I had to talk him off a ledge a little bit. <laughs> he wanted to um, take some actions that I did not think would be very constructive. He, he wanted to, like, he yeah. wanted to fucking sue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Malpractice, right? Well, yeah. your, your father's a doctor too, right? Yeah, yeah. Retired uh, right. general yeah. practitioner, but yes, yeah. yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. so he knows uh, the system. Yes. Uh, yeah. For for mm-hmm. malpractice, it's it's fucking. I mean, mm-hmm. I like didn't like. Now you're out of surgery, so I like didn't really want to say anything. But when you were telling me like stuff about how like in toronto um or just on the east coast in general they yeah. do this surgery laparoscopically and bc is one of like people don't know that yeah they, no they, they don't like there they they'll like do it like really small incisions like small like yeah. you know tools that like really barely disturb you know your whole but like here it's like it's like butchery they cut you from like stem to stern okay like take everything out i'm gonna really paint them then they like hold no 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 no. like this is good uh because <laughs> what this is right here is that people just jumping in are mm-hmm. like they got the exciting content front loaded mm-hmm. which is good yes but so they held like your guts in their hands oh yeah they like they like take it all out of you so like your whole abdominal cavity is they empty. have to get to the, the back right the very bad yeah so oh. like they go they go right down in there why don't um, they go through the back uh, I guess they don't want to go near your spine. Maybe that's the thing. Yeah. I don't know. You know, um, that makes sense. Um, oh my God. But like, fuck with the surgery. Um, I like just for pre-surgery, like the stuff I was awake for is like, they had to put an epidural into my back, um, for like freezing and like, and like, yeah. where, like where, how they're going to deliver like local. Land. So they were doing that before the surgery and uh, oh my God, like they say, it's like, oh yeah, this is like easy peasy. It's going to take nothing. They did it three, tried three times on me failing. And it's oh. like, they, like they do like a local freezing and then they try and like shove this needle into your spine. And it's like, you feel, it feels like almost like, yeah, it's, it feels like, I don't know. It's like, it feels ribbed for your pleasure. I know it's not, but like when it's like going in, it feels like there's like going past this like little, yeah. like, like notches and it's, it's brutal. And I was just like, I, I almost passed out at some point. And was I, it? When they insert that, is that like full, like naked, no, no uh, drugs or anything, or were you taking the, the pressure? Freezing, like it's it's, it's just, just oh god, they just do local freezing. So like yeah. I had, I think at a certain point, like I they did do a little bit of um like drugs, like not to like totally knock me out, but they did like oh, partially god. sedate me after the third time that they failed at it, uh, and then they had to bring in like a, an anesthesiologist because they had a resident anesthesiologist doing it at first. And so she couldn't do it. So then they brought in like a full anesthesiologist and I think he finally managed to do it. But like, because yeah, after the third time of the resident doing it, something happened. And I had this like really insane reaction where like my, my like heart started racing. I started like hyperventilating and I just like, I, I, I thought I was going to like, you know, die. In a Holy way. Fucking shit. <laughs> so and like, you're just in this like sterile environment. They have you like leaned over this like stirrup thing and they're just like, and it's like, I'm just like, I'm like, please just get this in. I just want to go to sleep and I just don't want to, I wake up through this. It's just, 
Oh it my god. Weird. So yeah, there's uh, like a whole, that was honestly like the worst part of like the surgery because it's the only part I was awake for. Um, dude, for dude, me. No, for me that was the most yeah. traumatic. There's some tra- more traumatic shit for my family and stuff. Um But that aorta, yeah, cuz they're just sitting in the waiting room waiting mm-hmm. for updates the whole time. Yeah. That's fucking it's crazy. Like I'm just I was on a hike at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> just just thinking yeah. about perspective and stuff. I was definitely thinking about you just cuz I mm-hmm. I just seen your family so. Yeah. It's just yeah. insane. But um, god damn, they don't tell you that – or maybe not all surgeons are like this, but mm-hmm. – They don't the, have great bedtime manner. That's no, no, they, they don't. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Um, but the idea that he would go in like a mechanic, mm-hmm. like with his job mm-hmm. that he had to do, and he's like, oh, I see a little something here. Send it, send, taking a little sample of the lab is fine, mm-hmm. but being like, I'm just going to take care of this extra thing right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> you ended up having to have another surgery anyway because of the fuck up, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was not awake between those two surgeries. I just feel like extracting something from an aorta should be something that you plan for. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they, they maybe should have like been like, hey... This is something concerning vascular. Maybe we should bring in a couple vascular people right now yeah, yeah, just yeah. to like um, – they brought them in after I like it blew up and I lost four-fifths of my blood. Um, yeah, which yeah. Is so I, I mean that's the thing. Like if there was anyone from that like OR room that I could like shake their hand and be like thank you to, it's probably the anesthesiologist because they would have been – while I was like actively losing blood, like they would have been the one who was at like – before they even brought blood in, like they, they're the one like – keeping oxygen going to my brain, keeping like blood pumping, like manually pumping my heart and stuff. And so, (sighs) you know, the fact that I'm here and I'm lucid and I'm coherent and and like, you know, no weird brain damage or I'm not missing a limb. That's kind of thanks. Kudos to them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So to catch all you up, um, (laughs) my friend Rian Smith is a multidisciplinary artist. Yeah. He, uh, him, and I went to the same acting school, Atlantic mm-hmm. Acting School. We just missed each. Other. I just think it's funny to like, yeah. do this introduction after. <laughs> I know, right? After all, it's like, like what, what, is the, what, what is the relevance to the uh, mandate of Van Shitty here with this? Uh, no, no, no it's not a cancer a, story. No, no, it's, <laughs> the, the Van Shitty doesn't have a mandate yeah, anymore. No, right. This is an excuse for me to talk to people I think are interesting. Oh yes, uh, yeah. and that what could be more interesting than almost dying on the operating table? <laughs> uh, I think very few things i just Mm -hmm. i want um my audience to get a sense of the person on that operating table yes and we went we went right for the meat i'm not i'm not a meat bag i'm a a whole person you're a whole human being (laughs) yeah yeah, who who had a near-death experience yes did you uh you were okay (laughs) i have to pace myself but no of course yeah um you um you did you, you were completely out right no memories like that's just the general yeah. anesthesia bit apparently between surgeries there was like a cuz they had to they they put a breathing tube down yeah. my and so when they did that apparently i was like semi conscious i have no memory yeah. of this but like apparently like you know like they were like oh yeah you're like you look terrified and you're like we had to like do some communication with you like are you okay and you like give a thumbs up and stuff and i was just like, okay, <laughs> I'm glad I don't remember that because that would have been truly traumatic. Um, right. Yeah, um, fuck me. But yeah, when I woke up finally in the operating room, I mean, it didn't, I'm not in the operating room, in the, um, in the ward. Um, I was, 
Yeah. You know, I definitely did not feel great, but you know, you've, you, you sort of are sedated. You're got a lot of, and also they had me on ketamine for the first three days. So that was right. Yeah. You nice. were, uh, yeah, that was nice. I really like Instagramming on ketamine. <laughs> know, it, was right. true. Um, it was like day two of like in the hospital. And I was like, you know, I think I'm doing okay. Like I feel better. Cause I didn't get ketamine the last, I, yeah. I should say I had, this was the second time I had this RPLND surgery that it's called this, which is yeah. unusual. It's not usual that like cancer patients have like, it twice, have it twice. Usually it's like, okay, you get the chemo or you do the RPLND or one, one mix and match of the other, but it's like, yeah, you've had some bad luck for a guy with a good prognosis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you called it uh, mm-hmm. being mutilated. And I think, that I that, did, yeah, I did use that word last time. Mm-hmm. It was not, not, is that not accurate for you anymore? I mean, it sounds it's, like you were. I guess good. like it's just pales in comparison maybe to like this time. Now. This time. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I used that word before and now I'm like, oh, I mean, I, I like that experience before was still totally valid. And I wrote oh. about that experience um, no, in absolutely. a way that I never really touched on the cancer experience now um, up till up to that point. Um Hey man, yeah. it's even that first go around reading it mm-hmm. was like physically like painful for me, and I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine yeah. um, sort of going through that. I think mm-hmm. very few people can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was just like squirming in my seat reading that <laughs> essay of yours. I, I'll link it uh, in Van Shitty in in the uh, that'd be great episode yeah. notes mm-hmm. uh, so people can get a sense of uh, that first go around for you in your own words. Yeah, thanks, and yeah, maybe they'll. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to speak too soon, but you know, maybe I'll have to like explore doing a part two on that yeah, at some point. I mean, I wrote that essay a year out. Um, like yeah. I, I wrote that before I started chemo, um, which it, was yeah earlier this year. It is mm. definitely, uh, mm. we should definitely pause and just tell our <laughs> listeners to just make sure they check themselves out. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, so uh, testicular well. cancer. I don't yeah. think we mentioned that till now. Testicular so, cancer. Yeah. So yeah. Um, just to say like, it was not like a lump or a bump or anything like they tell you to check for. Um, the whole nut went like rock hard and yeah, that's not the part that's supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Like it, like it's supposed to have a little bit of give, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> right. It's not the, it's not the, the shaft that, you know, you know, we're talking the berries here, you know, it's not yeah, a twig yeah. or the, the berries, you know, yeah, exactly. They, you want to have those to feel a little ripe and, you know, mm-hmm. can bruise, but anyways, that this thing was, uh, yeah, was, yeah. Inflated. In, inflated and hard as a rock and yeah, had like, you know, no, like external sensitivity. Like I could like, you know, you, you, you like you, you yeah, touch yeah. your balls. You can sort of like, there's sensation there, you know, like the nerves were just cut off yeah, because it, of the swelling. But I had like a dull internal ache, you know? And so, yeah. I mean, but yeah. So yeah, had that checked out and they were very quickly like, yup, that is not a good thing. That is probably cancer. Um, so yeah, we're just going to take that out. And then sure enough, it was once the, cause they can't really mm-hmm. say for sure until they do like a biopsy on the whole thing. Right. Um, but yeah, they can be pretty, pretty confident based on like an ultrasound and like, you know, a physical examination, but you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember it's mm-hmm. funny. You called it the, uh, the dis, well now I'm jumping around, but mm-hmm. you call it the discomfort Olympics. Yes. Like, what would you call the second round of it? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, the first the first surgery was the discomfort Olympics. Maybe the second one was just oh, like yeah, you kind of went to like I super I know my metaphor my metaphor is like running out here. Uh, uh, the discomforting Winter Olympics. I yeah, I don't know. know. I don't know. Maybe that's Jesus, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll, I, we'll we'll table that one. We'll table that. But yes, it's it was uh, weirdly in some ways like. Because I think like before in our last podcast, I kind of talked about the fact that I was like, ah, yeah, I don't really know if having the knowledge beforehand is going to make this like a better experience or a worse experience. Um, I think in yeah. some ways it was kind of both. Um, well, it was objectively a worse experience. It was objectively a worse experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess I I took less painkillers like when I was home. Um, right. I did like eh, no did my bowels sort themselves out quick no they took they took a while to sort out that was not it's not fun uh yeah because basically like you yeah the, the fact that they're like taking your whole guts out and like you know shaking them around and like you know giving them a little like jiggle and then they want to put that all back in it's like they're not happy for like no, a yeah. they're really not happy and they don't seem to know what they're doing for like first two weeks of recovery <laughs> no no fair no I've, I've been, you've been yeah your body's been traumatized i mm-hmm. mean regardless i mean any yeah. sort of being cut open like that it's yeah. you're the one of three men in our age range in our occupation mm. that i have known over the course of my 20s who have you know had this happen to them which uh-huh. to me then that number given how few people are like i'm close to is yeah. just really shocking you know i think it's a lot more common than people think they are and i know other mm-hmm. cancer uh survivors i guess yeah i would yeah, say at this point around, in our age range you know mm-hmm. it's it's definitely um there you know in a way where when i was growing up you mm-hmm. know in in my teens and and young life it seemed like something mm-hmm. far away that happened to people you would hear about family friends getting it but it was always kind of removed from your life and mm-hmm. Uh, now, now it feels very immediate, and not just because you're sitting across from me. But, yeah, yeah. You know. mm-hmm. yeah. That word, cancer survivor, it's something like I, I mean, I think we all sort of relate to imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome in a, a lot yeah, of yeah. areas, aspects of our lives. But that was one I really like rebelled against for because, like, the first time I just when I just had a nut removed, it's like yeah. it's like a one and done procedure. Like I was. And you were hitting your five-year anniversary, right? Yeah. When, when it came back. Yeah, yeah. So I was, like, pretty close to, like, all the way out. So, like, the fact that, like, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I knew people that had yeah. real cancer and had chemo and, you know, really went through it. So I was like, I can't really identify. Like, I yeah. can't really put myself on the same tier with them. And even after the first surgery, like, I was yeah. – you know, like, even though I was like, this is a much more traumatic – but I was like, I still haven't had chemo. And it's like, I just want to – I think I kind of actively wanted to compartmentalize and put yeah. away that experience. Mm-hmm. And that's why I didn't write about it for like a year. Um, and now this year with it, like has been the dominating like headline of this whole year yeah. for me. Like it's, it's kind of been my life. I'm just like, well, shit, can't run from it anymore. Like I don't really feel I'm, yeah, I'm taking full ownership of that. word. You know, no, you've, you've been, mm-hmm. you've been to hell and back. Yeah. What I was mm-hmm. going to say is, is there anything at all, positive i mean it's a stupid question for a layman like me to ask but uh i i I wonder 
perspective it, or something. It's something, I mean, I'm, I think it's still something I'm, you know, going through, but you know, there was, this is something I was really thinking about kind of, and was really twisting me up in knots at the beginning of the year was because I was, you know, had this, like, I was in this like limbo before starting chemo. When yeah. do I start chemo? Do I start chemo? Um, and it just seemed like other things were not going right. Like, I mean, I yeah. moved to Toronto. That didn't work out. I'm back here. I had sort of like a... And just to, for clarity, I mm-hmm. mean, you, you did move back. Mm-hmm. Like, the proximate cause was because you got the diagnosis again. But I, yes. you you were saying to me that you probably would have ended up leaving anyway just because it really wasn't working the way you would had imagined. No, it really... You know, that grass is greener expression really bodes true. Like, yeah. I was... I mean... There was also a lot of other external, there was like Omicron happened yeah. you know, right in the thick of me being there. Like I, I moved like in September thinking, yeah, COVID's over, you know, it's going to be like things are opening up again and it just got way worse again. And so, yeah, and I had a terrible living situation. So yeah, there was just like a bunch of, but like, yeah, when I got the diagnosis again, it was almost like weirdly like a relief. Like it just suddenly I was like, oh my God, I can like use this as my like reason for why I failed at moving to Toronto. Yeah, it was, it's like a sick sort of, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Overcome the ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, like mm-hmm. I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I, Cause I have that too, where, mm-hmm. you know, we're, uh, we're taught this thing. Don't be a quitter. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you respect know, the grind, <laughs> respect the grind, but it's, I, I, fuck, I mean, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this a lot too. Yeah. Um, because my, my life is a little bit in, in shambles currently. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff I can't really talk about on the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, and also don't want to divert attention from my <laughs> guests. Uh, especially when you're talking about such real shit. Um, but hey, it's all real, man. It's all, no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> life, life is all, it's all one dome of mm-hmm. pleasure and pain and everything in yeah. between. Um, but this industry... Mm-hmm which I, I'm going to try to stop calling it that. <laughs> it's not like it, it's not like it's, there's a bunch of entertainment factories or no. if there were, there shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, it's, it can be real painful. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the uncertainty mm-hmm. and the self doubt mm-hmm. and putting yourself up on a platter for people mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, one out of a, a thousand times they're going to say yes to you. And every other time you're going to feel like a worthless piece of shit. It's mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Getting back to your um, question about what like silver lining and stuff. And I think like, I I really fixated on that early on this year of like, cause I was like, Oh my God. And like the movie version of my life, there's gotta be like some reason for this all. There's gotta be some pathos. There's gotta be like, you know, I kind of wanted that. And I sort of thought I maybe like that would manifest itself early on. I sort of thought like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well there's something about coming home. And I think like, yeah, is this a romantic thing that might work out? But you know, it's not how life goes at all. You know, you don't get rewarded for something bad happening. Um, no, yeah, it just kind of keeps mm-hmm. going. Um, so but you, kinda, yeah, but like it kind of did work itself out down the line. I mean, yeah, I'm like, let's say I'm happily dating someone right now, and that's yeah. not like something that like you know needs to happen in order to like make you feel whole after an experience like this, but it certainly doesn't hurt, you know? Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe that's part of the lesson too, right? Mm-hmm. Is that we, we're not the authors of our lives. No. Yeah. And, you know, I think we want to be, I think, especially if we have the writer's impulse or the creative impulse, we mm-hmm. want to, 
believe that we're holding the pen, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so scary to think that everything that we do is subject mm-hmm. to forces beyond our control, but mm-hmm. or that it doesn't have any meaning, or that like, what's it all for? I what's think it that's, all? Yeah, that's something I really like get wrapped my brain around sometimes. Like you know, and so gave me a lot of angst. Is like, why am I going through this if not for some light at the end of the tunnel? And if you just, I mean, of course, while you're in it. You're not going to see that, and you know I. You probably do need to have perspective and mm-hmm. a degree removed from an experience before you can really see how those connections form out of it. But yeah, I mean, I'm not a religious person at all, yeah. but there is something I I kind of would always say about religion. You know, like boy, would it be so dumb if the answer to the universe, you know, like was as like simple as this paternalistic story that gets told <laughs> over and over again. And I think that about life too. Like yeah. if the secret to life and the, the way things happened w- were, I could summarize them mm-hmm. within the capacity of my own ability to tell a story about myself and how my life should turn out. Mm-hmm. Life probably wouldn't be worth living. That's <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I, it's good that life is more complicated yeah. and more surprising than I can come up with mm-hmm. by an unfathomable amount. And it's also horrible that it is because so many horrible things happen. Like your friends get cancer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I actually like, you know, um, I was just really earlier this week listening to the Hunter Elliott episode of your pod. And so, yeah. you know, that, uh, that one, you kind of talked about adaptation of life, you know, and yeah, yeah. sometimes like the, the factual truth is not, the truth or not like mm-hmm. the most true telling of an experience. And so, yeah. yeah, no, I think that's really true. Like life can't be captured neatly. And so, you know, that's, that's fine. That's, yeah, that's, that's fine. actually the beauty of it, you know, and that's, yeah, mm-hmm. we just kind of, mm-hmm. by some roll of the dice ended up where we are. And mm-hmm. I think, um, there's a lot more to be grateful for than there is to not be. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's interesting it's this thing I have to remind myself all the time is like, I found myself, you know, several, you know, hundreds of meters above Everest base camp, just as a basis, you know, that's like where I started. Mm-hmm. And all I do is complain about not being at the peak. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, all, that's 95% of my life. It's like, Oh God, God, I deserve to be at the peak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in so many ways, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't choose the time in history that you're born into. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. theoretically, the average middle class person in North America lives better than most kings 100 years ago. I know. Yeah, there's and yeah, there's that question of like, oh, would you want to be live born in another time? And like, obviously, it's like, no, like they haven't bad. Yeah. But then there's like a weird, like, I don't know, part of me, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, actually, I would love to have just been born 10 years earlier. You know, yeah. like that's something I say a lot. I'm just you like, do want to be t- Gen X? Yeah, I want to be Gen X. I want to be. I want to have like really have come of age in the '90s and not yeah. like been born at the beginning and sort of you know. Basically, like, what you're saying is you want to own an apartment. <laughs> you want to own property, and I want to have like been yeah. like been able to have gone to like you know like Nirvana as like a, yeah. a 16 year old, you know, or something like that. Absolutely, no, <laughs> and just been had that level of like you know cultural cachet <laughs> i think you're right i think there's something to that 10 years ago mm-hmm. i think that we probably this is probably mm-hmm. by a lot of metrics the first period in history where things are actually getting worse than they were mm-hmm. in the previous like like by metrics like the yeah. life expectancy of the u.s is dipped below china just recently 
And that's all to do with deaths of despair, pretty much, and and, and mishandling of COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but basically all things that governments and systems of organization could easily prevent if they just had any shred of humanity. Uh, not to, I was trying to, I was trying to get us on the positive mm-hmm. road, but yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but I mean, we also, come on, like we're all, we're all put that tanky card away, Mike. <laughs> I'm not going to say tanky. No, no, no. no. I, well, I was going to be I'm sorry. I was just like, I just yeah. had that joke hanging there. I no, I was like, like I just had tanky. It. No, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be prescriptive. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm a tanky at this point. I don't even know what I am. Hey. I really don't know what I am. No, we all don't. <laughs> yeah, well, some people do. Some people do. Some people have such a purity of purpose, or at least they present their way yeah. like that on social media, and I'm just like, good for you. Yeah. But I really, I'm done. I'm confused about most things. I'm, I don't have conviction, really. <laughs> oh. oh, man, I deleted my Facebook. <laughs> yeah, oh, hey. Remember how toxic I was on there? Yeah, it's gone. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, it's yeah. growth. <laughs> it's growth. It's some growth, yeah. And I don't really use the other ones that much anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I basically just go on Twitter if there's something hilarious, like the queen dying happening. <laughs> and uh, that's for me to say. You don't have to agree. No, uh, I do. I love the, the memes. The memes and, and, the, and the jokes, uh, they were just too good. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, you got to get on there every once in a while when mm-hmm. something crazy happens. Uh, yeah. On a daily basis, you, you don't want to be a guy who's on Twitter like I, I don't. I don't want. Mm-hmm. I don't see you tweet a lot. I'm I sure don't. You're, uh, I, mean, you're, I have it, but I don't. Tweet. Yeah, I'm sure you're an avid spectator, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just think if I was like an avid, you know, tweeter, um, mm-hmm. my quality of life would be a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I, tor- I tried for a bit. I, I like, you know, I was just like, oh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really not as original or funny as some of the other people on here so i'm just not gonna try let's just let's just observe <laughs> i read that book uh stolen focus by johan hari okay it's a good okay. book okay uh he he wrote books about like mm-hmm. the uh um he, like about drugs and depression and the social mm-hmm. causes of it as well like mm-hmm. he he has a lot to say and he references a lot of things from out here in Vancouver. But mm-hmm. anyway, this one was about social media addiction, but, uh, the part of it that I thought was interesting in reference to this context was he talked about how nothing that makes a good author or a contributor to culture mm-hmm. is selected by Twitter in a good tweet. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause like, what do you, if you were, if you're trying to bring a new idea to the table, generally mm-hmm. people aren't ready for it. If it's yeah. a new idea, generally you want to have a lot of research. You want to spend a lot of time developing the idea. You want mm-hmm. to elaborate it because people need to have background for new ideas, right? Mm-hmm. You can't get that. Like the things that get retweeted and that get discussed the most are things that everybody already agrees with mm-hmm. that are a certain number of characters and that are ironic. And derivative. Yeah. <laughs> and derivative in most cases. Yes. Re- repackaged. Yeah. One would even say. Mm-hmm. So anything that's selected for as good on social media mm. is not good if you're actually trying to, you know, like mm-hmm. increase the uh, quality of ideas in the world. Yeah, no, that that really resonates. So yeah. you should be happy you weren't good at Twitter. Or something. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I think Twitter might be good if you're a comedian and you're mm-hmm. uh, you're trying out jokes uh, to tell them. But then again, like if you're a comedian, you should just be. Uh, Going to uh, open mics and getting thrashed and seeing yeah. what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. You ever want to do that? You ever want to do stand-up comedy? God, no. i so terrified of that medium. I mean, really? I, I, yeah. I mean, I know, like, it's just storytelling. And, yeah. you know, I would maybe, you know, try. Like, I, I sort of am, like, in the early stages of, like, wondering, like, oh, could I with, like, my cancer experience? Should I, like, yeah. maybe, like, explore that in, like, a story? Because, like, I wrote an essay, like, I mean... Yeah, I mean, you're not, not going to get booed off the stage for telling your cancer story. No, that's you know, true. Yeah. That is very true. Um, yeah. <laughs> They'll let you finish. Might be like a one-man show type deal instead. Like, I don't, maybe I go for Fringe next year and something instead. But Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. The one experience I have with stand-up is it was my friend Tom's uh, – shout-out to Tom. Tom Van Kalken. One of my besties. Um, Where it lives in New York City, right? He um, – he had a birthday party where he, he always wanted to have a, this is going to make him sound like a narcissist. He didn't plan this. It was his yeah, friend. Yeah. Oh, he you said, wanted to have, no. He wanted to have a roast. Uh, it doesn't that make him sound like a narcissist. This makes him sound awesome. Yeah. I so should do that next. He, yeah, that'd be amazing. I just, just invite your friend. So he always wanted to have like a birthday yeah. roast. And so our mutual friend organized that for him. And she approached me and was like, not enough people are signing up for spots to do the roast. Rian, can you come up with something? And I was like agonized uh, for like a week, just trying to like come up with like a five, a tight five right. of like a roast. And I had like one good story, you know, which I kind of like spun it around, which was the fact that we went out to a restaurant and yeah. the hostess gave me her number at the end. And like, I'm standing next to Tom and Tom is That's a incredible. handsome guy too. And I was just like, that feels good. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So it's like around that, I kind of eked out close to five minutes worth of, uh, a, you know, riffs. Did you end up um, going on a date with that hostess? I didn't. I was actually like in a relationship. Oh, right, right. It was sort of falling apart, but it was... Um, yeah, but it was still happening. It was yeah, still it was happening. Yeah. The band, yeah. So I had to do the um, awkward thing where like I sort of awkwardly accepted it in the moment, but then I like kind of did a like thank you, but I'm in a relationship text afterwards, but yeah, but, uh, you know, it paid off cause you got to use it in the rows. So, you know, no, I think actually like a, a month later I was single. Yeah, I, did, and then, I did shoot my shot and it didn't, no, I got no response. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. She moved on. Too. She had well moved on. No, sometimes uh, I'll like be like Canada. Like sometimes I'll like, if I'm in a if I'm in a mood to date, I'll like text somebody that I had like a connection with like months before. <laughs> you know who doesn't do that? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, oh yeah, of course. Like this is totally like uh, I'll realize after. I'm like, this is of course I'm not getting a response. No. The, 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 like chronologically, you've moved on. And I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's it's very rare for people's sort of chronology of, of being in the mood to meet mm -hmm. a person kind of matches up oh for sure timing is everything everything it's crazy yeah. how much timing is considering mm -hmm. how little like <laughs> like how mm -hmm. even if timing wasn't an issue how small the chances would be of you meeting somebody like, yeah. that uh, kind of is comforting to be around mm -hmm. and is uh, a healthy partner for you so. so yeah you know that's that's something i think like you know i valued you know, like, I, I, like having to have this like intense, like symmetry connection right. over like, you know, someone who's actually like healthy to be around mm -hmm. for a long time. And now I'm sort of thinking like, oh, you know, the, the, the puzzles can be a little like, not like a perfect fit, but as long as they're like, you know, 
you, you, you sort of feel like this sort of exchange of like that and, and this like equal effort of like trying to like actually get to know each other and trying to navigate each other. That, that's almost more valuable than something that seems like oh, on the surface it fits, it clicks, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to develop your curiosity as a person, mm-hmm. right? More yeah. than your uh, select selectivity. Yeah. And that's yeah. actually like the thing that I'm actually more valuing now. It's like, I, if someone just like sparks curiosity mm-hmm. in me, like, yeah, that's all, that's often like, uh, like, and it's and like the whole like dating system of, so like dating apps and the way we meet people just doesn't no, yeah. inspire that at all. Like we, we're sort of, we're, we're, we're sort of conditioned to like prune away and, you know, and, and look for red flags rather than green flags. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, not, I was, no, I'm, no, pith- I'm getting pithy now. I'm not going to say that. Yeah. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Did you ever notice on the dating apps too, that they like, it, it seems to me like they like, mm-hmm. I was just on it for five minutes before deleting it today. So I was like, no, this is not going to, but they uh, give you like the, the people that, that are just like the most generically hot first, Mm -hmm. like to keep you on the app or whatever, or like generically, like whatever it is that dating Mm -hmm. apps think everybody wants. Yeah. And you go through like a hundred of those before you Mm -hmm. even scan anybody who like is like unique in any way. Yeah. Like it's not to do like those people are killing the game. Yeah, you know, you'll, you'll probably have a drink with some of them, and they'll be so interesting and everything. But mm-hmm. they just like know how to market themselves. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just think that, but for me, going through that ordering process, it just makes it feel even more artificial and more like a me market. And totally. like the the app is designed mm-hmm. not to help me find a partner, but mm-hmm. to keep me on the app. Yeah, which is actually uh, counterproductive mm-hmm. <laughs> to keep me on the app and dissatisfied long enough that I pay so that I can have unlimited swipes, right? Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I never, I never caved for that, but uh, thankfully, thankfully, I was, I was taken off the market before I like no, came to that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, yeah. I um, did, I did get to a point where I was like keeping a list of like um, cliches, dating app, like, like, yeah. like. like fluent in sarcasm or oh, like those kind God of things. looking for uh uh, uh it's my spike ball teammate like a teammate for my spike ball team yeah. or something like, i don't know it's just like these things that you kind of keep coming across and you think like like someone thinks they're do, do people know this is a cliche or do they like i don't know it's like yeah. i'm seeing this 10 times and so it's become a cliche for me i think uh, it's what they they we don't know what they see and they don't know mm-hmm. what we see. Mm-hmm. I guess bisexual people are mm-hmm. the ones who know everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that I, I've always wondered what bisexual, uh, specifically bisexual woman or non-binary mm-hmm. uh, Tinder is like because yeah. it's probably still like just based on the numbers of people out there. It's probably and who are pursuing dating through that avenue. It's probably mostly dudes still. Yeah. And yeah. then... But you see probably every cliche, but then even that, it's like you're mm-hmm. seeing people who are open to dating mm-hmm. uh, people on the LGBTQIA plus mm-hmm. situation. And I wonder how many, you know, community, uh, like, <laughs> l- like people on the, um, on, you know, that, that in that fluid space have their uh, their fish picks, you know, their shirtless fish picks. I yeah. Guess. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but isn't it more like, when when it's not a conservative man, yeah. isn't it more interesting? Like, yes. is, is, the, is the fish pick inherently off-putting or is it off? I mean, to me it would be, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, 
it, the reason it's off-putting in a general sense rather than in a really specific one, mm -hmm. which might be funny and you might ask questions about it, is mm -hmm. because it's so common. It's a strange thing that's so common. Yeah. I kind of, I like that. Uh, the, these things that we, we, we would never assume would be mm. so ubiquitous yeah. on dating apps that have become these memes of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, like that, like mm -hmm. the fish thing. Like yeah. if before online dating, you know, you were to tell me that like a guy holding a fish would be so common. Yeah. Because I, I think that's a really interesting thing actually, because it speaks to how clueless men are about mm -hmm. dating. I, I'm sure women are as well and, mm -hmm. and non-binary people are, but men are, it's what I've been my whole life. Mm -hmm. What I mean is, is like, we really think that in order to impress women, we have to do all the things that mm -hmm. other guys say is impressive. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, we actually think that by being a roided out gym monkey who is really into cars and goes fishing with his bros on the weekend mm -hmm. and then posts a picture of that fish on their dating app, like, that's going to make us look like a provider or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's it's going back to that, you know, sort of cave, like caveman mindset, you know? I can yeah. I can provide. I am a hunter. But it's it's so funny. It's like, so, it's like, it's, it's like there's this really large subject section of men who only talk to other men about what's appealing to women. That's so wild. I, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny though because like yeah I yeah I mean yeah I, maybe it's just because of like the way I'm I'm conditioning call and who I like surround myself with now it's like you don't really see that but it, it's it's weird like, I think it was like a yeah like this is a while back but it was like a cousin or someone like sort of trying to give me like like, like dating advice like advice on women and I'm just like mm -mm. Mm -mm. Like no, I'm not gonna take your like. I, yeah, yeah, you got one of those macho ass cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm not. That's that's. that's Let okay. me tell you, I know. I'm sure you're doing fine, mm -hmm. maybe, but you know, I I I don't need it from you. Um, yeah, like, or they'll be like, mm -hmm. women are lying when they tell you what they like. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> they don't want to admit that they mm -hmm. they like it when guys are mean to them, and they're like, <laughs> right. They they like huge dudes that can protect them, and the, mm -hmm. they actually like it when we fight in front of them. You know, yeah, like, I've heard everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's like so funny. I think like even I was thinking about this the other like I I, we, I think we did like the soft boy version of it once, but I think it was at one of your parties once, or it was just like we both sort of ended up talking to the same girl, and I think like yeah. absentmindedly I was like oh, I saw her first kind of thing. And I was, like, so, like, oh, really? grossed out by my... I mean, we were fucking both drunk. But I was just, like... I was, like... And I think I maybe even said it, like, jokingly, but I was just, like... Now I'm, like, oh, that was fucking gross. And I was yeah. doing, like, the... I wasn't doing, like, the macho version of it, but I'm just, like, no. No, I, I, I think that, yeah. that there's a vulnerability thing, because I yeah. think about that, too, that whole mm -hmm. I saw her first thing or whatever. It's not yeah. really, like... It, that's the other thing is... Mm -hmm. uh, I do think... When you have feelings for someone, mm -hmm. you know, there is that thing where um, the ethics of like going after somebody that you mm -hmm. know your friend has feelings for mm -hmm. when it's when there's feelings involved. I just think it's not as simple as like, mm -hmm. uh, I saw that person first. Or, <laughs> right. Uh, no. I mean, or, or um, I think in this case, it was I think it was like 10 minute conversation at a party. You know? no, yeah, 10 minutes, no, but what I mean is like mm -hmm. sometimes you just like mm -hmm. sometimes one night of fun is not worth like. Mm -hmm. uh, sort of group friend having their feelings hurt. I don't know. Like yeah, in, in any no. situation, which is, 
you know, that's like an emotional maturity thing. I think there's yeah. a lot of things in life mm-hmm. that I think about. I don't even know how we got on this topic. I, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> but where mm-hmm. um, you have to have the maturity is knowing that just because you didn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you couldn't have done things better. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's the important thing is like you don't want to sort of indict yourself or someone else for, yeah. you know, some. But like, you know, it's like you it's important to like identify you know, where you, you know, maybe strayed and where you can kind of yeah. improve. And we're all just, you know, we're all sort of works in progress all the time. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to navigate that. I mean, I mm-hmm. think we all live in the world, mostly in our own heads. And mm-hmm. we are all most of the time so pressured by all the things that we're trying to get done mm-hmm. and everything that we forget that we live around other people. And yeah, uh, sometimes our idea of what's right isn't necessarily and this is not even about dating anymore. No. This is, these are just scattered thoughts about yeah. morality and being mm-hmm. an adult and how hard it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. Yeah. I must say. I must say. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So cancer, man. Cancer. Um, um, <laughs> I guess this is your cancer episode. This is the cancer episode. I mean, uh, it's been about, it's been around the block a couple times. Um, yeah. I didn't do the full full recap, but you know, yeah. read the read the uh, essay. Read the you, essay I'll, if you I'll, want to uh, get yeah. the full story or the rest. The other half. The, of the, the story. other half of the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I should talk about my friend. Um, Louis from yeah. the Atlantic who had the same kind of cancer and he died at 25. I did, yeah, I know. I did not know him very well at the time. And I, I hadn't even had my first brush yeah. at, with cancer at the time. And I was so just, you know, thrown for a loop when I heard that. But yeah. How did you, um, how did you take that? How, how, like, um, well, I mean, it's weird, right? Because we kind of, uh, mm-hmm. so he was, and that that's the thing is he was just such a good guy. Um, he was really kind to me and mm-hmm. I was intimidated by him because he was this incredibly handsome six foot two guy in my acting class. I think that's why I was, yeah. I was intimidated by yeah. him too because he was like, he, he was there first when I was there before you were there, but then because he had to leave because yeah, he, yeah. he came back and so he was in your year. But yeah, I think that's something that held me back from yeah. really getting to know him too. And he had this wisdom that I, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm maybe it, it some people just have this inherent wisdom or maybe mm-hmm. it came from his first brush with cancer when I met him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, for, uh, for a while I didn't even approach him. He wasn't even in my group or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I found out he was a year younger than me, which blew my mind because he just, he looked so much older and he like, uh-huh. his presence was so mature and stable, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And, I met him in the lunchroom there, you know, kind of not dissimilar. The tables were kind of similar to the one we're at now. <laughs> yeah, you know, they were these kind of like, yeah, Ikea, wood, Ikea wood sort of, I think it might have been the exact same tables and benches. Yeah, maybe. I, I, it feels they're yeah. eerily familiar uh-huh. you know, now that I'm really thinking about it. Yeah, weird. I, mm-hmm. I never put that together. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, he was just sad about his girlfriend back home and realizing that he he was going to have to break up with her and, um, and we talked and he was really nice and he, mm-hmm. you know, he went to, he went to a Bernie rally with me when that wasn't cool. Cause everybody in fucking Atlantic was pro Hillary and <laughs> they didn't even really know that there was another option. They already yeah. thought I was 
mm-hmm. kind of weird. Um, and, and yeah, he was a really, really good friend to me when we were there. And I was so bad because after he left for his second round of cancer, mm-hmm. we kind of lost touch. And he, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. it's nothing. We didn't. We didn't have a falling out or anything. He mm-hmm. just went back to his old life, and also he was dealing with things I couldn't understand, and I was yeah. so wrapped up in my own world in New York. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't. I always I thought he was going to beat the thing. Yeah, you know, he just seemed so strong and so full of life, mm-hmm. and um, but he's so so funny and so smart and yeah. so talented, and. I've been alive six years longer than him now, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I wish I knew him better because I think when I did find that out that he passed, and then you know shortly after that I had my sort of first brush with testicular cancer. It was this sort of thing where it's like I, he he was like more of like a specter than a person to yeah, me in terms right. of like, and I was like I I I don't. I wish I didn't know him like that, like in the, in the sort of like hindsight Mm -hmm. of like, like I wish I knew him as a person and not as like a cautionary tale or something like that, you know, and I think. And and again, mm -hmm. the thing is, is that no more than you deserved it, did he? I mean, Mm -hmm. caution is like, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's the reality of it is a certain percentage Mm -hmm. of people lose their lives to this. Yeah. And um, Mm -hmm. when you just happen to be in that bad, bad number. um, Yeah. I don't know. I guess the reason I wanted to talk about him um, mm-hmm. was because we have this place in common with him and you have mm-hmm. this condition that you've gotten to the other side of, not mm-hmm. on wood. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think like it's good to talk about people. Totally. Yeah. To, to not let their memory fade because mm-hmm. I, I think I, I literally I wouldn't be the person I am if, if he mm-hmm. wasn't kind to me uh, yeah. when I really needed it and I didn't mm-hmm. have a friend there. No, not a friend like him anyway. Mm-hmm. Not in school. I had a friend uh, outside of school in New York. Yeah. But not. Yeah. I didn't have one in school like him until mm-hmm. he talked to me in the uh, lunchroom. And I just think that um, you can have a, you can change the world even if you're not here for a long time. For sure. Yeah. You know, and yeah, there's people that I've not known. I mean, not lost, but, you know, have come entered and my life for only a brief period and they you know have massive like shifting effect on me and so yeah people are special and it's sad to lose those you know someone like that um Mm -hmm. and especially because yeah you know you had like i think like you know we had sort of different outlooks of like that drama school we went to and the way and stuff like but you know i mean i think we've come around to like some of the similar views on things. I think but so. Yeah. 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 And I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I still consider it to be mm-hmm. something I'll never regret going there because mm-hmm. it was a beautiful time in my life. And it was mm-hmm. a time I still remember things about like the way autumn smelled in New York. Nothing it beats it. Nothing beats it. Mm-hmm. And moments of real, like mm-hmm. moments of real romantic beauty there. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, I just, we talking capital A romance or like oh, both? Which are both, 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 yeah, yeah, both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, walks around Prospect Park by myself, mm-hmm. um, but also, yeah, like 
you know, the girl I liked mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, getting off stage um, and like looking at me mm-hmm. uh, after just like absolutely crushing it. And mm-hmm. it felt like she was doing the whole performance just for me, you know, mm-hmm. you know, things mm-hmm. like, you know, memories you, yeah, yeah. you have with you um, when you're at the end of your life, you know, definitely remind you that yeah. you lived. So, I mean, yeah. And I think that was something there was like this sort of, that's something that kind of drove me to try in Toronto was because I was trying to capture that sort of, you know, yeah, big city, big, big city, the capital R romance, you know, of like yeah. something like New York where it feels like there's like endless possibilities, endless kind of like, it's not even like, like I sort of use these like surface level words of like, Oh, there's more opportunities and there's more like a diverse scene and there's like, you know, more culture and all this stuff. But like, you know, really like, I think I was just sort of craving this, and it's something I really want to explore at yeah. some point in like, is like, look, what is the like sort of romance in the poetic sense of uh, like Vancouver? Because like, I do think it is like a weird disjointed identity of a place. Um, but then like, I do sometimes find myself along these corridor. It's usually like these like sort of like in between spaces in between like East van or main street or downtown. It's like, you'll, you'll be on like a little side road on your bike and you'll maybe see, you know, just an old house or like an old, you know, convenience store that you're like, how is that still open or something like that? And yeah. there's just something kind of like that stirs you, especially like Strathcona. Like one, one of my favorite musicians lives in Strathcona and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, tours in Europe internationally and stuff like that. He's got this like very like, like bohemian appearance. It feels like he should not be from, like this time or this place, you know? Um, And I'm just like, okay, if there's someone like this that can exist here and draw inspiration from this place, there's, there's something here to tap into. And I do see it, you know? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I, I just, I see magic here all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, run and gun was magic Mm -hmm. this year. Yeah. And, and I think shits and giggles will be too. And Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, it's it's the cliche. It's people say like, if you're going to be in Vancouver, you got to enjoy the nature because that's what you know. Otherwise, yeah. it's just a generic city with glass yeah. and everybody's moody. And but it's true. Like I yeah. went climbing outside for the first time in Squamish uh, mm-hmm. two weeks ago, and I mean that place is spectacular. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I've been there before, but when you're there to climb, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's just kind of like you and nature, and you're really like doing the thing you love out in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And right beside you is that like ocean and that beautiful, it's, it's one of the, the top climbing destinations in the world and one right. of the most beautiful places in the world. And it's just two hours out of where we are. Yeah. And that, that entire road, the sea to sky highway. Yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible that it's right here. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that it's right, right outside the city, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's magical. There's things about this place that are magical. Yeah. And I think there's things about this, this our community that we're in right now mm-hmm. that are still in, in the space of becoming that yeah. will be a source of hope for people yeah. in the next generation. So, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what this is about. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think it's, it's so cool. The like kind of level of community that you're going to tapped in with through this and other things you do and i've just yeah kind of constantly admired it and i'm like i'm just kind of you know 
happy to be in that slipstream. You know, it's, it's a good yeah. space. I mean, mm-hmm. it feels like a bit of a lull right now, but mm-hmm. I think things are going to pick up. Yeah. So. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, geez. I think we're in a good spot. I think we're in a good spot. Yeah. Well, bless you, my friend. We'll bless. do this again. We should. I think, yeah. Maybe in season three, we'll do a part two. Of, yeah. Who knows what else. Yeah. Maybe I'll like properly organize these into reliable <laughs> seasons at some point. <laughs> uh, but this will be out very soon. So. Awesome. Thanks right. so much. Uh, very welcome. No, oh, no. Not, no, no, no. That's on. not the right one. I didn't do it on... Pro- I don't know what these buttons do. No. That'll do. Okay, that'll do. That'll do. Ominous, but, you know, but right. But right.